What's up? It's Judson. The following is an audio only version of a video on my YouTube page. So to watch the video, check out at Judson Creative on YouTube. You can also check out my website at judsonmcdonald.com. That's J-U-D-S-O-N-M-A-C-D-O-N-A-L-D.com. Are you ready for it? Ready? Ready? You better keep up. My name is Rachel Babaraki, she, her pronouns, and I live in Colorado. And I am a queer white woman in her mid-30s trying to figure out life, and that's so fun and cool. I've been in fitness for a very long time, so actually at the end of this year will be my 20-year mark. Um, I got my first fitness certification when I was 16, so I've been doing this almost my entire life, which is really fun and exciting, and I still love it. And I've worked in all sorts of different capacities within the industry. So I spent a lot of time in gyms and facilities through my teens and 20s, worked in managerial roles of different departments for large corporations and for, you know, small one-off sites and for like community centers and college, which was really fun. So also really connected to trying to engage with fitness in a much more liberatory way. Had a podcast for a couple years with my very good friend, Nikki Snow, called Fit Society, where we dug into like, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly of fitness and how to reframe it and make it more expansive, more inclusive, more focused on empowerment and body liberation. So that's kind of where my passion, my heart is with fitness. From the very first time I met you in person, it was actually in DC for auditions and you were wearing your signature like white top with the black leggings with the white dots and stuff. <laughs> and I don't know, we like talked about, we made a comment about Beyonce and I was just like, yeah. It's like, like I, the, the, I feel so at home, like talking to Rachel now. And um, what's been so cool about like knowing you is kind of seeing this journey of you unveil more about yourself. When it comes to Pride Month, I imagine that brings up a lot of emotions. What is Pride for you? Um, what does it include typically? Um, well, first, I want to say I also cherished when we first met because you taught a track I was I think it was a track nine and body attack and you pulled a rose out of your pocket <laughs> and I was like this individual is my new favorite in the whole world I was so obsessed I was like oh that was the coolest thing I pride is such a beautiful wonderful complicated thing I think for each individual within the queer community right um, I grew up in a very conservative home very religious and was very mixed conservative, kind of a moderate and thought I was more liberal than I was and religious until my late 20s. And so I came out along with the process of, you know, deconstructing my faith and really changing my worldview. And then a few years later, went through a divorce and, you know, other really big losses. So I feel like even in just like the last 10 years, the shifts and changes I've experienced like each year feels like pride itself takes on new meaning and a different relationship every year it comes around I'm like oh, okay now this is different in my life and now this is different in my life for a long time it was very private because it I for a lot of different reasons I was not out to anyone but a very small handful of people who I felt I could trust who all happened also to be queer so I would 
celebrate in really quiet ways and kind of flag to the people who get it and otherwise was terrified for anyone else to know that I was part of the community because it just it would have caused and, and when I did come out did cause and continues to cause some challenges. But, you know, we all make those decisions on our own when it's OK for us to take on that burden of being, you know, owning ourselves a little bit more publicly. So I've been more open and more public than I feel that I can kind of step into queer spaces and, and feel more comfortable and labels, I think, are challenging for for many of us right um i think bisexual is probably the most accurate label but i tend to just use queer because i like the vagueness of it being a, a bi cis white woman there's the grappling of understanding that i'm part of the queer community but also i have a lot of privilege and uh was in a, a hetero presenting relationship for a very long time and so um, the challenges of wanting to own my identity without taking up space that didn't feel like mine to take up and wanting to support those that are, you know, more obviously queer because there's there's more risk, you know, associated with that. There's more challenges associated with that. Trying to understand how to engage with pride in a way that felt authentic to me, that felt celebratory of who I am and where, where I was at at various stages of my journey while also respecting the space and, you know, uplifting voices and, and experiences of those that I felt needed to t take the bigger part of the stage for me for many years it was like tumblr it was like it was real yeah. beyond tumblr during june because i knew like yeah, i could post stuff about these things without people questioning too like mm -hmm. that seems weird that he's posting about you know same-sex marriage maybe being legalized it felt like a, a really safe time to talk yeah things and to joke about these things too oh wouldn't it be funny if the kissed guy wouldn't it be really funny <laughs> um, and then outside of that of course it was just i don't know it just the summertime and everything within that that month really felt great maybe when you were younger did you know about pride had you heard like words like gay and lesbian or trans like lgbt was any of that discussed in your upbringing from one chronically online individual to another like I see you and I do love my 2010s Tumblr era. And I think the internet is such, I mean, obviously it can be a, a heinous place, but it's also such a beautiful place for connection and for, especially when you don't feel comfortable in your, your quote unquote real life, your physical spaces, maybe your, your family relationships, et cetera, it can be a space that is so healing and supportive for folks. So anything queer related, when it was talked about, it was very kind of like hushed we love everyone but we're not part of that and I had both on my mom's side and my dad's side um uncles who were gay and it was as a kid I didn't really even understand what that meant because it was never explained to me and you know hindsight around anything is so interesting but especially around childhood and realizing that I was a queer kid growing up and there was a reason why I was so drawn to women and like really interested in you know certain forms of media and like wanted certain posters on my wall and was really into looking at the Victoria's Secret catalog every time it came. <laughs> so, you know, there's like little things where, again, looking back, you're like, oh, that's so funny that even in a in a environment that really was not friendly or affirming to being queer, I still was. But I was just like not interested in dating dudes. I was like, I don't know. Like, they're my friends. They're cool. They're my bros. But like, I don't want to go on dates. Leave me alone. I just want to hang out with my girlfriends. And like every time there was a school dance, I'd like rally the troops and be like, we're not going with dates. We're going with each other. And they were like, okay, you psycho. And then usually they would end up getting asked and we're like, well, I'm not going to say no. And so then it'd be like my friends all as dates and then just me wishing their boyfriends would go away. So <laughs> again, it's like, oh, 
interesting that I, I, you know, probably had little crushes on my friends or just like felt very like confused and different feelings that at the time just didn't didn't raise any red flags. But now looking back, it's like, oh, yeah. Feeling acceptance for yourself in a group fitness studio. Could you offer uh, maybe a time that you felt most accepted or maybe even like the first time that you recognize this is a good space for me to be in? I think the short answer is it's something that I've intentionally curated and gravitated towards colleagues that are in alignment with my values to help create that space. I attract clientele and class participants that resonate with that. Being someone who's been involved in fitness from a very young age, you know, lots of different phases and and experiences with it that I've gone through. And then being, in terms of queerness, being someone who looked pretty closeted for quite a long time. And probably there's still some folks that take my classes and don't know that I'm queer, which is fine. You know, not everybody needs needs to know all the details of your life. That's totally okay. But I think definitely there's there's been experiences throughout fitness where it didn't always feel comfortable and didn't always feel welcoming. The intentional, you know, decision to be like, if this doesn't feel good, and I make an effort to try and make it feel good for my end and it's still not feeling good that I'm I'm going to go somewhere else, whether that's a facility, whether that's a particular certification or program, whether that's a group of people being OK with letting some things go if they don't serve. For me personally, I always like to try and like see if I can make it make a shift first before I step away from something. But allowing myself that once it's like a, an effort has been made, it still doesn't feel great if I don't feel comfortable, if I don't feel safe, if I don't feel like I can be authentically myself, then maybe this just isn't for me anymore. And that's okay. And so stepping away from that when it's necessary and then creating the spaces that I that I am looking for on my own, you know, instead of waiting for them to come up. And sometimes that's very literal over the past couple of years, creating like when we did more online things in 2020 and like creating Zoom classes that had very intentional and focused you know, um, purposes behind them that were better fit for what I was looking for at that time. That could be moving facilities to better fit what I'm looking for, or it can be a little, a little bit less concrete and a little bit more, I'm looking for a certain amount of support in fitness. And so I'm going to make sure that the way I show up as a fitness professional is in alignment with that so that my space starts to reflect that just because of the choices I'm making, whether that's the way that I'm coaching, the way that I'm talking to my, you know, class participants before and after class, when I was doing personal training, the way I approach that, the goals I'm setting with clients, the conversations we're having about those goals. And that that can be, I think, reflective of a lot of different aspects of how fitness can fit, both in terms of queerness and in a wider, broader spectrum of inclusivity, whether that's body inclusivity, whether that's, you know, issues around how Fitness is a very white space. And how do we make it more inclusive to people of different races, socioeconomic backgrounds, all those types of things. So when when I feel comfortable and authentic is when I am at my best. All the different ways that I can show up in fitness, when I feel like I'm standing fully in my in my integrity and in my values, being true to who I am, then the work I'm going to present is going to be my best work. And so I think that's such an important thing to really work towards and fight for if you are a fitness professional. And it doesn't happen overnight. Like sometimes like it can be a big change where it's like I do need a new facility because I can't do that here. And that's not necessarily something that you can change like tomorrow. So giving yourself the grace, but, you know, making a plan and looking for different ways to get closer and closer to that authentic self, I think is so powerful. Self-expression, like I've learned from so many, including you, of just when you're on stage, like people will see right through anything you try to put on that's not you. Yeah. Uh, and 
that can be really scary. And it can also be like trying to figure out when you are expressing yourself, especially to a group of strangers, it's like, how do I let this come through in a way that keeps me feeling safe and comfortable? Because I've been involved in fitness for so long and from such such a young age, I've definitely had different phases and chapters where sometimes I've been really authentic and then other times I've definitely been playing a part and doing what I thought I needed to do to, you know, gain someone's approval or accomplish a certain milestone or whatever it is. So when I first started teaching, I mean, I was literally a teenager and the youngest person in the room. And so I felt like I had to really present as like this very adult person. But because I was a teenager, then I also would just like slip back into being a teenager and things would come out. And I found that people liked that because it was, you know, me saying the dorky 16 year old thing and people laughing at me like, okay, well, that resonates. So maybe I can do more of that while also, you know, trying to be professional and and grown up, you know, as a teenager. And so that was kind of the start of my journey. And then throughout, you know, teaching and especially in trying to accomplish certain certain roles and um, opportunities uh, early in my career, definitely felt like I had to fit into a specific box or mold. And I, I don't think I ever did that successfully. Uh, I don't think anybody really does, though. That's that's the kind of catch-22 of it. So I really definitely tried really hard to be what I thought people wanted me to be. And then it wasn't great. You know, it just didn't resonate. It didn't land. It felt fake. I felt uncomfortable. I wasn't able to just unleash and let go. And so when I hit a point, I think part of it comes with age, part of it comes with experience, part of it comes with just finally hitting a point of like, I'm tired of trying to be what other people want me to be. So I'm just going to be myself. I think when I was able to step into that space and just allow myself to be who I am, which is kind of a goofy, awkward weirdo um, that says random stuff that has nothing to do with the class, but makes people laugh because it's like, oh, the lyric made me think of this and that one over here and this and that. And then it came out of my mouth and they're like, that was so weird, but also great. Like we loved it. That's when I really started feeling comfortable teaching and found that both in like my local classes, which is like where the best magic happens, I think, as well as on bigger stages that I've you know had the opportunity to be a part of, it just landed better with both the people I, if I'm co-teaching with or with the you know people in the participating in the class. Yeah, it just it just hits different when you're just yourself. I'm not for everybody because nobody's for everybody. I have people at my club that I've been teaching at for like 11 years now that don't take my classes because they don't like that I'm kind of weird and I'll say weird stuff or I'll start, you know, going off on a tangent and they're like, what are you talking about? We're squatting. And I'm like, I know, but I have to finish the story and we'll get back to it. And that's fine. Like, it's really okay. It does not hurt my feelings. It did years ago, but now it doesn't because I'm like, that's cool. Like, we have a great team of instructors. There's going to be someone else that better fits what you're looking for. My class has found me and they like me and they keep coming back. So obviously I'm doing something right for them and that's great, you know? So I would say my advice is keep working towards that authenticity. Give yourself grace because it takes time. I don't think there is an end goal there. Like I'm sure 10 years from now, I'll look back and be like, oh, I thought I was so real and authentic in my 30s. I didn't know what I was talking about, you know? So giving yourself the space to figure yourself out and, and shift and grow and change because we're not stagnant as humans. And then being okay that when you step into that authenticity, that not everyone is going to like it, but that's not a bad thing. And it's not a reflection on you or them. It just is. Would you agree that like Body Jam is like one of the, if not the most queer class? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think about this 
all the time because I just think it's so funny the amounts we go in like different programs to censor music and make sure that it can approach a mass appeal in general populations. Body Jam is just kind of like, whatever, we're going to have why it's like unapologetic how has body jam had an influence in like your coming out Mm, i love this question body jam is my favorite i know we're not supposed to have favorites but it really is and i've been really lucky to teach it since it came to the u.s which was released 35 i think um i do have back to release 34 though so (laughs) (laughs) do i remember them probably not but i've been lucky enough to teach it for 18 years or so and see how it as a program has shifted and changed to see how g the choreographer has kind of stepped into his own and taken risks with it which is really cool pays off and like honestly sometimes i'm like well i don't know that i love that particular sequence but it's so cool that you tried that and then the next release will blow my mind i'm like oh yes i love this so much i think it's something that unlocks a freedom in people when they let themselves go there. The body jam class I've been teaching for years now, Thursday night, 645, let's go. There's, you know, kind of a core group that we've had for years and then different people that come in and out. And it's interesting that it's all ages, all genders, all different types of of the alphabet represented. I live in a very white area, but we do get some different types of people in terms of race as well, which is great. Love to see that. And so it feels like a class that is really expansive and inclusive just because of the nature of it being so free with dance. And you get so many different types of music. You get so many different types of dance style to experience and to feel. What I really like about the way it's choreographed is it's not really masculine or really feminine. You get to play with both throughout the class. So there's some routines that are really like maybe like a heavy hip hop routine that feels really masculine and almost like you're getting down in it. You're feeling really strong and powerful as you dance through it. And that's really fun. And then, you know, you might have the the next routine or the recovery track be this like Ariana Grande, like <laughs> moment where you're like snapping and waving the flip in your hair. And it's like a, such a shift, but it's very fun to play with that as an instructor and see how can I step into those different dance styles really authentically? How can I bring the texture and the feel and the emotion of the music into the movement. And part of that is being really intentional about how you're moving your body and and dipping into masculine and feminine energies, which is really cool and really fun. And then seeing participants get to do the same thing. And sometimes people that like you wouldn't expect to be in a dance class. Like I'm thinking of over the years I've had when I taught in Washington, I had a man who was in his 70s and just looked like somebody's grand, you know, pappy came to the gym and he's front row doing what he can, you know, bust and groove to body jam music, which sometimes is just not what you would think a seven-year-old. And this is me showing a bit of judgment on my end, which I fully own, you know, but it's very cool to see like, wow, I would never expect this person to step into class and to feel so free. And he's freaking loving it and smiling and like moving his hips around. And that's awesome. You know, and then you have a different person, like a teenager who's finding confidence in the class and there with their friends and they're giggling and having fun and then somebody who's my mom's age there having a great time and letting loose and I had a participant tell me a couple of weeks ago she's like today is my birthday and I told my husband the only thing I wanted was to go to body jam and to just leave me alone and let me do my body jam class I was like hell yeah girl like <laughs> you know what you like you know what you want you're here it's a class that I just think is so special because we're all put in little boxes little tight ugly boxes by society right and so giving ourselves an opportunity to get out of that and just be a little more free and explore different parts of our personality and identities is really powerful, no matter how you identify. Sometimes look out to who's there and you're like, 
when else would these people be kissing? (laughs) The strangest collection. I love it. It's like, this is so random. It makes me so happy. I think that's, uh, it's just, I feel that so deep in my soul as like a connector of just like seeing like someone who's like a psychotherapist with thoughts of important accolades and then someone that's just like, I've just graduated high school and I don't want school, but I love hip hop. And then like, just all these people that like come from different walks of life, but then they're just like, I just need to like get out of here for a little bit. (laughs) I guess thinking to like your pulse right now in 2023 in June, if there was a magic wish, you could take a wand and anything you wanted could come true. What would you wish for, for the queer community in the fitness industry? Right now it feels um, like we are backtracking a little bit. In, especially in the U.S., but I know it's not just here. And in talking to different um, queer friends I have at different areas, there's definitely a feeling of like, are we less safe than we've been in the last five or 10 years? Like far right militia fascist groups show up at Pride and, you know, fights breaking out and companies taking a big step back. And, you know, while I have a lot of critiques of rainbow capitalism, there's also definitely something to be said about that representation and acceptance and how that changes the the feeling across the board for folks. And so I think the number one thing I would I wish I could just snap my fingers and change in fitness and wider is is we were accepted and safe to just be ourselves because that's really all anybody wants. It's that simple. Oh, I wish I could give you the magic wand. <laughs> we could just make it happen. That'd be so great. Yeah, yeah. and then go smash some glass. <laughs> <laughs> People feel this all the time in so many parts of their identity. Yeah, it's it's hard to it, it's hard to celebrate Pride this year because it does feel very fragile. Things like we're doing right now, like talking to you, like that's a part of Pride. Going out to like hang out at like a bar or something, or like just get outside, like for like queer events and like Pride events, like in the ways that you can, and in the online communities too. It's just there's a lot of hope, and yeah. but it doesn't speak louder than militant fascism yeah i want to like highlight something you said i think it's important to recognize that again being a a white cis woman who i think a lot of people assume are straight because i'm like you know mostly femme presenting when i feel like actually getting dressed that 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 feeling that shift i think exposes not in a bad way but just maybe highlights is a better word that i am a very privileged person and there are others in the community who have always been at a higher risk and i think it's important like you said for for everyone who cares about people's safety, whether or not you are part of the queer community or not, to be braver right now, to stand up, to say more, to show up at events, like you said, and, you know, tangent, but wear your masks also, because we are definitely still in an active pandemic. And it's super important that we take care of our uh, disabled community members as well. So being mindful of how you can make different events more accessible and safer for all types of people, I think is super important. This is our opportunity to really put into practice what we preach and to stand up for each other and to live our values. And why am I getting so emotional, Judson? And to show up for each other and in big and small ways, right? It could just be if your city's having a pride festival or parade or event to go, even if you're not queer, especially if you're not queer and show up and just show your support and you know, spend a little bit of money on the queer artisans that are there. Or just say hello and make some friends or a, on a smaller scale, you know, maybe posting to your social media a little bit or being mindful of of what legislation might be happening in your 
state and what you can be doing to put some pressure on our elected officials to not be dirtbags. Or, you know, at the gym, if you know that somebody is queer and just be friendly to them, right? And if you are a queer person, um, I have like little rainbow pins and stuff that I put on things and you know, trying to be, just be obvious without being in your face and, and letting myself be seen a little bit more and using that privilege and power I have as being like an instructor has been there a long time and lets people know me and I've had, you know, different roles within the industry that have brought on different feelings about them. So using that to be like, yeah, and also girl kisser. So what's up? Like, <laughs> it's it's fine. We're cool. We're normal people. We can all get along and be happy and safe and support each other and sweat and do a little, you know, body jam, body pump, body balance, whatever you got going on. You're teaching body jam, you're teaching body pump, and you look back at the very far end of the room and through the window, through the glass, you see a little version of Rachel watching you teach today. What do you think that person is thinking and feeling? Oh, you're just trying to make me cry, Johnson. <laughs> um, I hope that she would look in and be like, wow, that woman is so cool. For I just want to be cool and like powerful, like knows who she is, has chosen to be the realest version of herself and is excited and inspired by what she sees. So important for us all in in the world in which we live currently today to find how we want to show up. I think that's that's the thing that's been sitting on my heart and mind recently for myself and in conversations with others in my life of this is just not the time to sit back and not participate. I just think we've we've reached a point in so many different ways and so many facets of our life where there's a lot of opportunity to make really positive change and there's also some scary stuff happening and so not participating in my maybe not so humble opinion is just not an option anymore. So how are you going to participate? And it can look a million different ways, but finding the courage to step forward and you know live your values and and like I said earlier, practice what we preach and be part of things, whatever that looks like and feels like and means like to you. It should be very individual. It should feel really good for you, but not doing anything, I just don't think is an option anymore. So come join whatever that needs to be. Step up in whatever way you can and whatever way feels comfortable. Start using your voice, start using your dollar, start using your time, you know, to support the world that you want to see built and that you want to live in. Are you ready for it? Ready? Ready? You better keep up. The opinions expressed by the individuals in this podcast are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Judson Creative or associated brands.